And welcome to Real Talk Sports with Rico. I'll be your host today. Just want to go ahead and thank our uh, platform, Anchor, for going ahead and giving us a platform to put our show on. I want to go ahead and thank all our sponsors out there who have been uh, going ahead and you know adding their due diligence to the show. And just any fans that have actually tuned in to help us drive topics for the show. So today's show, um, essentially, you know, we're just roughly just kind of going through some of the headlines here in sports. Um, you know, number one, I guess I'll just go ahead and jump right into it is the start of a possible NBA season. Um, you know, I know it's been brought up before with the possibility of the NBA maybe going ahead and going to um, either Vegas or Orlando <clears throat> to possibly go ahead and um you know, starting NBA season. And so, you know, my thoughts on that essentially is just, you know, if you're going to do that, you know, as far as the cost and stuff like that with the league, you know, I just want to know, you know, how much or would want to know um, from a fan standpoint, how much does that sport take a hit? Um, You know, because we're talking about if you are going to go ahead and you're going to start playing, um, you are going to lose fans um, because, you know, the fans are not going to be at the stadiums and stuff like that. So, you know, teams are going to lose out on that kind of revenue. You're also, uh, depending on what they do from a merchandise standpoint, um, you know, maybe you're able to. Well, no, that makes no sense. So, I mean, you're going to lose merchandise share um, as well. And then as far as, um, you know, stadiums, and concessions, uh, parking, um, you know, and even to to the point of like the viewership standpoint, um, because a lot of the teams that you see NFL, NBA, MLB, hockey, they usually have an exclusive TV network that goes with them. Um, so that that that's something that, uh, you know, remains something to be uh, worked out. Um, you know, I know last time, you know, it's kind of looking at the NBA and looking at where they left off, you know, there were going to be some pay cuts as it was, you know, for some players and things like that. So, um, I don't know. I just don't know if it's a great, uh, thing really to go ahead and start up, uh, the NBA season. I know it is something that, you know, a lot of States are starting to, you know, lift, um, you know, the quarantine efforts and things like that, but, I don't know if it is a situation where, you know, you can look at this thing and say that the NBA can really savage or salvage salvage the season. I'm not sure if they could salvage the season, but I will say from a fan standpoint, it would be excellent to be able to watch, you know, some basketball and stuff like that, um, which kind of leads me into the next topic. I mean, it does seem optimistic that it could happen. Um, you know, it is reported that three teams are actually opening up their facilities for some individual workouts. Um, so, you know, when I see that, I go to myself and I say, all right, you're opening it up for some individual workouts. Um, you know, with those individual workouts, there's some optimism here, you know, that the NBA could be progressing to start up again. And, um, you know, with those workouts, I'm curious to see, you know, how quarantined they are. You know, are they in a situation where they have to test players uh before and after leaving the facility you know and how many staff members are allowed to be there you know how many people at a time um very 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 interesting time very interesting time so i mean that's kind of my thoughts as far as the nba possibly opening up um and then also to just the news that a couple facilities are kind of opening up um you know in the nba world um 
Next up, you know, I know we talked a little bit about the uh, the documentary, obviously, that's going on for the NBA and stuff like that. And I think one of the topics that came up with that is I was kind of looking at somebody else's podcast is, uh, you know, what it would take to make the Bulls actually pretty good again. And I I kind of alluded to that a little bit, um, you know, with the Bulls and what they needed to do, you know, being a Chicago Bulls fan and you know, I just strictly think it comes down to just, uh, you know, better management, you know, in the sense that right now management has kind of got the team um, kind of going in all kinds of different directions. Um, because when you look at the roster and you look at where it's at, um, it is a young roster. But the problem is you just have a lot of people that, uh, you know, essentially they, they play the same position, unfortunately. And I think that that's what the Chicago Bulls are unfortunately running into. Um, you know, when I look at, you know, the guys on the roster, like Antonio Blankley, love the guy coming out of uh, the D League and stuff like that. But he's a point guard. You got Ryan um, Arch. Uh, gosh, I can't even say his name. I know he comes out of Villanova all the time. Uh, Arcapoco, you know, he's, again, another point guard. You look at uh, Chris Dunn, um, another guy that came over in that Jimmy Butler trade um, they have as a GF a guard forward but you know his natural position is the point guard position um, you know you look at Zach Levine okay guard forward shooting guard I give you that um, but then they just brought uh, Thomas Sanaraski over as well you know who's another point guard and you have Cody White who you drafted as a point guard so you've got you know six seven point guards already on this roster and yeah, I know the NBA is getting into a smaller kind of game, but you know you're you're getting guys over here who are playing the same position, um, and you're not getting any bigger, you know, and you're not getting any better as far as the stretch shooting position, because when you look at the the Bulls statistically here, they were 23rd in the league, and you know to play in this league at this level, you've got to be able to stretch the floor, and they don't have too much people out there that can really stretch the floor. Um, you know, unfortunately, you look at a guy like Wendell Carter Jr., who they got out of Duke, anticipated that he would be able to uh, shoot the ball and go inside. I know he's been hampered with a lot of injuries and things like that, and certainly it didn't help that the season got cut. Um, you know, Thaddeus Young, you know, he's, he's a guy who's a veteran guy who's pretty much, he might be a one and done for you out of here. Um you know, Chandler Hutchinson, I know is a guy that they drafted to be kind of like a Jimmy Butler guard forward. Hasn't really done anything. Um, yeah, just got Daniel Garford over there. He's supposed to be the next Bobby Gibson. Um, yeah, and I mean, you got a, a really bad contract, too, with uh, Cristino um, Felicio. Or Felicio. <laughs> I can't even say his name, um, but... Essentially, I remember, you know, the Bulls kind of signed him to uh, not a good deal. It's not a serviceable deal for the, the franchise. And so, you know, just looking at it, man, it, it looks like that the Bulls just need to do some work, man, and finding, um, you know, guys that are more, more modernized for this league, you know. And I know that, you know, like I said, I've mentioned Wendell Carter Jr., um, you know, Laurel, Laurel Macon, who I thought would be, um, even more better than what he is now. You know, he is a terrific player, but, you know, coming out of Arizona um, at the time and being the best shooter coming out of the draft, um, I know he's been hampered with a lot of injuries and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, going forward, the Bulls need to probably look first and foremost to find, um, 
they need to find some more probably like I said some stretch fives some stretch fours and things like that I just don't think that they have enough of that on the roster and then they've got to figure out what they want to do from a center standpoint I mean because if you are going to go with Wendell Carter Jr., I, I like his energy. I like his activity um, when he is on the court and when he's not injured. Um, but you're going to have to have something aside from him um, because if he's not going to be that stretch five for you and he's just going to be strictly a rebounder on the interior, you need to get somebody else who will stretch the floor. Um, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, I know Tom Thibodeau is out there again. Um, I love Tom Thibodeau. I, I know the Bulls don't necessarily love him. Um, you know, but he's been mentioned that the Rockets may want him. Um, and if the Rockets possibly don't want um, Mike D'Antoni, you know, perhaps this is a good opportunity for Mike D'Antoni to come on over to the Chicago Bulls and maybe open it up for the Chicago Bulls. I think that um, that is one thing when you look at the Bulls statistically, you look at, you know, where they've gone, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, points scored, total rebounds. Um, you know, they're struggling to score some points. So Mike D'Antoni teams are great at scoring points. They're not great at stopping people. And maybe that's what the Chicago Bulls need. They need to go with that type of um that type of uh, culture switch from the head coach to, to try to get some more scoring um, and then maybe bring in some defenders. You know, if you're able to get some guys over there that can defend, um, you know, like I've mentioned before, like PJ Tucker's your Trevor Reese's, um, you know, guys like Kawhi Leonard, not exactly like him, but Patrick Beverly. I know he was a, a free agent last year that the Bulls possibly wanted to go in to bring in. You know, those are culture changing people people that you can get over there and uh, will set the tone for you defensively um, you just need to get some pieces around them to go offensively um, and so all is not lost for the Bulls too um, you know because I know it's going to be a long shot but you know you have to look at the fact that Anthony Davis is a free agent here with the Los Angeles Lakers and he is originally from Chicago and has stated that he would like to possibly come home and play now as a Bulls fan that essentially would definitely change the course of the franchise quick and in a hurry um, you know so that is one thing that the Bulls always have in their favor is they have some some money to go operationally with it's just a matter of kind of finding you know the the right people to kind of to kind of to kind of get going you know operationally and stuff like that and so, you know, that's kind of my take with the Chicago Bulls and kind of what they need to do there, um, you know, from a head coach standpoint and then also, too, from a scoring standpoint, kind of what they need to do to get better there. And so moving on to our next topic here, uh, just kind of scrolling through in the news and seeing what we have here, other than the Chicago Bulls. But you know, it's actually weird, too, that we don't have baseball going right now as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just looking here. Um, it looks like that, you know, looking at, you know, one of the stories that's coming up here uh, is talking about uh, LaDamian Clowney. You know, remember him? So it's interesting that a couple teams are interested in him. Um, you know, I thought he had a good year as far as, uh, you know, playing for the Seattle uh 
Seahawks here last year. Terrific off the ball rusher. And, <clears throat> you know, it, it's it's interesting to me that he's actually still a free agent and that Seattle hasn't jumped on him. Um, the fact that it looks like you have Cle- the Cleveland Browns, you have the Ravens, you have the uh, Tennessee Titans, and you have the Eagles who are all interested in him. Um, you know, it's the Eagles to me that that would be a great fit, you know, especially in the NFC East. I think he would just probably cause hella terror over there in the NFC East, especially for the Eagles who, um, to me, you know, they're looking for something to get a little bit more excited about, especially um, now that you're kind of in limbo, I would say, with what's going on with Carson Wentz. You know, it's kind of, will he be the guy? Can he be the guy? Will he be healthy enough? Um, And then, you know, with Doug Peterson's offense and that fast break offense, and now everybody's figured it out, you know, with the Eagles, they're going to need to get some stops um, and they're going to need to kind of, they're going to need to give their offense uh, the benefit of the doubt as far as the field percentage or not field percentage, but the the uh, the field uh, as far as getting the better side of the field. Uh, so, you know, giving them some shorter fields to kind of work with and things like that, um, I think would do diligence if they were to bring a guy like Clowney over. Um, the Cleveland Browns, to me, I wouldn't say that that would be a great fit. Um, I think it's been mainly just a circus out there with the Cleveland Browns as of late. Um, A lot of big free agent signings and, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. And what can Baker Mayfield do? And it's just so much going on. But the bottom line is they, they just, they're just in standstill, man. Like they're just in a standstill franchise right now. And I kind of wondered before if they've stunted kind of, um baker mayfield's growth but we'll find that out moving forward uh the baltimore ravens that probably would be an excellent uh, fit as well you know i definitely could see uh lamar jackson definitely wanting to bring um an addition over like Clowney, um especially to strengthen up his defense because if the ravens are able to score at the clips that they're able to score at um essentially you know they're they're turning into what the kansas city chiefs are and when you kind of get into those shootout games, you just need to stop here or stop there. So, you know, that would possibly be a terrific fit. And then also, too, uh, with the Tennessee Titans, uh, not really too sold on them. Um, you know, I think that they had obviously a terrific year last year. Um, you know, but I just I, I wouldn't see LaDamian Clowney kind of going to uh, the Titans over there. So, you know, that's kind of that deal right there. Uh, just kind of moving forward, just checking through some of the, the topics here, things like that. Um, so I know we've been mainly talking about that documentary that's been going on The Last Dance, which has um, been very interesting here for the Chicago Bulls and stuff like that. Just kind of shedding some light on that. I don't know. We're kind of moving forward here. So Trey Young stands by his claim to pass Steph Curry as the NBA's best shooter. Ooh, um, so that's interesting. Uh, could he pass Steph Curry? I like Trey Young in the sense that I love his I love his ability to shoot from deep. That there's no question about it that he's a long range bomber. You know, um, but I'm not sure if Atlanta is going to get good enough to where. Um, he's going to be getting the kind of looks that Steph Curry gets because keep in mind, Steph does operate in a high level of, 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 of fluidity and it is difficult shots that he makes 
Um, obviously, you know, when he's falling out of bounds, the half court shots um, and things like that. But you have to, to remember that Golden State's offense is, is primarily designed to get him and Clay the ball in those hot, hot spots. Uh, you know, I know that, that Steph is listed as a point guard, but a lot of times he plays a lot of stuff off the ball um, because Draymond is the one that's usually initiating the offense and kind of bringing it up and being their point guard. So, um, you know, Trey Young, to the to the contrary, love Trey, um, but Trey has to has a lot more responsibility to me, you know, for a young Atlanta Hawks team because not only does he have to have the responsibility to score and distribute, he also has to be able to uh, knock down some shots. Um, you know, he's got to knock down some shots in a high clip. And so for him to kind of go and, and put it up, you know, 20, 30 times a game and then also still set everybody's plate. Ah, man, to say that he's going to pass Stephen Curry, I'll say he will pass Steph if he gets more help. He's got to get more bona fide scores on that team. And then I can say it's a possibility that he can actually pass Steph Curry. But right now, Steph is at his prime. Expect for Golden State to be very good next year. Expect for Steph Curry to make a lot of three-pointers next year and thus far moving forward. Um, you know, it's going to be a completely different roster for Golden State. So as terrible as Golden State looked this year, um, make no mistake about it. Golden State is going to be on the terror next year. And, you know, with Atlanta, they're probably still going to be in a situation where they're in a rebuilding situation. They need to... Um, get some bona fide uh, free agency over there, and they're going to have to find somebody um, in the draft that's serviceable too. And so, unfortunately, without uh, March Madness and stuff like that, we really didn't get to see a sample size of some of these kids that could possibly come in and impact these teams and help out. But um, you know, it's a great question. You know, would Trey Young kind of possibly, you know, surpass him as the best shooter? And really, I mean, he's not even talking about statistically, but he's saying as the best shooter. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man, because some of the stuff that that Steph Curry makes is just electric, man. It's electric. It's electric. And uh, I don't know if Trey Young has made too many shots like that, man, where it's been one of those situations where um, if, you know, where Trey Young has made some spectacular shots, but Keep in mind, I mean, Atlanta and being the team that they are and struggling the way that they are, they're not a team that's going to be on television anytime soon until they start winning some games. So uh, I guess that's something that we'll, we've we've yet to see what will happen there. Um, next up is, you know, the possibility of if the 76ers are already preparing for a potential NBA playoff series versus the Celtics. You know, and, and would the Celtics or the Sixers possibly win is the question. You know, for me right now, if the Celtics are playing basketball the way that they were before this 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 break, to me, it's hands down, it's going to be the Boston Celtics. Um, the problem is, is Jason Tatum really can't and hasn't figured out how to play with a bona fide point guard, um, whether it was Kimball Walker or whether it's Kyrie Irving, for whatever reason, there's a stunt or it, it, he gets he gets caught up in not necessarily taking over and being the scorer that he is supposed to be. 
when he runs in with an elite point guard. Um, so that, to me, would be the, the question in the series. Um, can he do that? And then if you're a Philadelphia 76er standpoint, you've lost a ton of depth on these on this roster. And I go, I'm going back to where they traded for Jimmy Butler and everything like that. But you still have a Tobias Harris out there. Uh, you still have a, a Joel Embiid if he's healthy out there. And, you know, your wild card to me is probably going to be a Ben Simmons because the way Ben Simmons was was before the break, he was he was injured. Um, and then now we're also seeing the, the question of, you know, can he can he ever turn the corner and become a decent jump shooter? And when I say a decent jump shooter, not necessarily a three-point shooter, but can he give you a bona fide mid-range shot or something like that? You know, at this point, I can't see myself running a whole bunch of staggered screens or uh, running a whole bunch of motion offense with, you know, Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is the kind of guy that he's got to dominate the ball and he needs to get to the cup. Um, yes, he has a terrific ability to find people, but he has to be ball dominant to do so. Um, in this day and age with this league, um, it's tough to be a ball dominant guard and then you're you're winning a lot of games and stuff like that. Um, you know, you look at like a LeBron or somebody like that who is somewhat ball dominant, but they're able to, to kind of, they're able to make shots and move the ball too. And, you know, we they're, they're in a situation where not only can they run some motion stuff, but they can run some ISOs as well. Um, I feel like Philly kind of runs a lot of that stuff of where it's a lot of ISO basketball to me um, for like either Joel and B to go to work or Ben to go to work um, or like a guy like Tobias Harris to go to work. So if that series were to start today and if the teams were to play at the same um, rate that they were before, then I've got to side with, for me, I'm personally going to go with uh, Ben Simmons. Um, and not Ben Simmons, excuse me, the Boston, Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum versus Ben Simmons. Apologize. Um, so then with that being said, you know, just kind of moving forward, man, and just kind of looking at, um, you know, some of the the other stories here in the league. Um, now I guess teams can release their schedules 30 minutes before NFL official releases on Thursday. Interesting. You know, I find it interesting, too. They're talking about Carmelo Anthony, you know, hit rock bottom, man, before signing with the Trailblazers. And, you know, first and foremost, I'm glad to see that uh, Carmelo Anthony was able to come back to the NBA. Um, I'm glad to see that he was able to play, um, you know, and it it's unfortunate <laughs> that he had to sit out for so long. But, you know, the one thing that I will always constantly remember about Carmelo Anthony um, more than anything is the fact that he's just a plain scorer. He's a playing scorer in this league, and I'm glad to see that he got an opportunity. And I feel like, you know, it sucks that he didn't get a chance to, um, you know, it sucks that he didn't get a chance to go out there and be, uh, you know, playing for some more teams other than like the Houston Rockets after that kind of went down the hill and the whole OKC thing didn't work out and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's situations where I definitely I think they could have been better. Um you know, so just kind of moving forward, I think that, uh, you know, that essentially might be the show for today as we're just actually kind of skimming through looking at some of the topics that uh, were in the sports world. I just want to go ahead and thank uh, all our viewers out there. I want to go ahead and uh, just thank, you know, 
the people out there that have actually chimed in and uh, given us a listen here. And, you know, we'll look for some more topics here. I know we just kind of loosely just went through some sports topics here and some things that are kind of out there. Um, it is an interesting time here for sure. Um, I think if you are a sports fan, it's the best time in the world to probably look at some of the greatest games possible. Um, I think if you are in a situation where um, you're a sports fan, it's the best time to probably tap into like esports and things like that. But uh, no, make no mistake about it. Um, I think it is going to be an interesting time when sports is able to come back into the swing of things. Hopefully it does come back into the swing of things. And, um, you know, for Real Talk Sports, this is Rico. We'll be back with another show.